Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and I'm really happy and uh, incredibly honored to have um, one of my first guests today. And that is uh, a guy that I've actually followed their company's work for a while. He's one of the four people I'm actually interviewing from this company. And when you've seen the site title, you definitely know for a fact who it is. It's the one and only SEM Rush. Now today I'm joined by Fernando Angulo. I've, I've, Angulo. Sorry, I've totally messed up your sound name again. I said that I wouldn't, but now I did. Fernando, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on here, my friend. Hi, Adil. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be to be here today. Oh, man, it's a great pleasure to have you on here. So just before we get started, um, and for everyone else at home, this episode is sponsored by SEMrush.com. If you are even thinking about doing any kind of SEO, understanding how you can stand out from your competition, essentially do everything that you need to do to stay ahead of the game, then SEMrush is your place to go. Me personally, I was a power user of SEMrush for almost four years in the last decade, and then I switched out from SEO kind of work to looking at other t- forms of traffic. But I can tell you, this company has grown incredibly, and they are a powerhouse. So I'm very, pl- uh, it's a huge honor to have you on here, Fernando. So, very quickly, just to get uh, started, you're the uh, head of international partnerships at SEM Rush, right? Actually, I was the, the head of international partnerships still. Uh, three months ago, oh, wow. I changed uh, the role. Well, we changed the role uh, inside the company. Right now, I'm in charge of all um, communications in, in in the company, external oh, wow. communications. I mean, all the um, events, conferences, expos, social media, um, communications with our users, and as well with influencer marketing. So all external communication um, between the company and users is the thing that I'm doing right now. That is incredible. So my question for you really like right off the bat, I have to ask, um, when it comes down to influencer marketing, SEO is still a huge powerhouse. It's something that you should really be doing and using to actually, of course, get your reach out there. What are one, What's one of the biggest mistakes you see specifically with influencer, influencer marketing um, when it comes down to small businesses? Like what mistakes are they making that you wish that you could just sit down with them? And I mean this in a nice way, but tie them to a chair and slap them silly and go, why are you not doing this correctly? What would that be? Well, I have a couple of them. Oh, go for there it. There are go a lot, crazy. but, but uh, the, the, the most common one is to, is, is, um, is to have their own people working with influencers. So uh, maybe you have um, an employee or you are doing uh, the outreach uh, to influencers by, by, by your own and you are not so good at, communi- at communications. You are not good uh, talking with people. You are not a connector. So if you are not a connector, so the influencer will going to notice that and they're not going to uh, communicate with you. They're not going to reply to your letters. They're not going to be so open. So the first mistake is having wrong people working with influencers. The second big mistake is uh, to change uh, the person who is engaging, who is talking with influencers uh, too many times. <clears throat> Why is that? Well, because the influencer needs, needs to be connected with one person. If it's going to last at, at least, I don't know how, how many years, five years, 10 years, that's brilliant. That's perfect. But if you're going to change the, the, the people who is outreaching the influencers every single month, that's also a big mistake. It's starting from zero again. If you are... <clears throat> Working with influencers, you need to have the right person w- working the right amount of time. So it also needs to be someone that you that you trust because those connections are really really important. And as as you mentioned before, uh, influencer marketing, SEO are so connected. If you are an agency, if you are a brand, you need to work with influencers. Your users are your influencers. Your employees are your influencers. The people who owns a community, you are an influencer. You have a, a blog. You are growing a lot. You have this podcast. You are an influencer. If you have a community, you are already an influencer. So you have you need to have great connection with with these people. Yeah, that's actually very very true. Because something I really dislike having is when I have to speak to multiple people, um, especially when I only want to talk to one person to begin with. And it, yeah. it, it gets really irritating because you, you can miss out quite a lot of key details that you have with a relationship with one person. And I had this uh, experience very, very recently as well with one of my other clients. Now, one of the things that I really want to talk about specifically when it comes down to digital marketing and strategy around digital marketing today um, 
is the idea of how to actually grow your personal brand. As we head into the next decade, um, I'm sure you've seen this as well. We're kind of becoming more, uh, we have been for the last five years, but now it's becoming more prevalent that story is actually becoming the reason why people buy. If you have a great story and great understanding, I mean, that's the reason why I transitioned to understand, by the way, a shout out to my other sponsor for the show, storysellingblueprint.com. Um, go there, go learn how to write your stories and shit. That right there is, I, I was a terrible plug, it's my own product, it's fine. But what I mean to say is that when, with stories changing the way, the way that we actually communicate and the way that we actually market, how do you see that affecting SEO moving forward? Because again, you can write a great story, but you have to have certain amount of keywords in what you do. So can you actually still combine a great story that is a sales piece or something like that, or a blog post and have an enriched keyword count in there? Oh yes, definitely. That's something actually um, in a, in, in a um, conference last year, uh, with some uh, speakers, some some experts, we were talking about the things that are going to change the next year. So in 2020, so this year, right? Uh, but it was a question that, that uh, from someone, uh, some guests uh, from the from the crowd, he was asking, uh, "What are the things uh, that are not going to change next year and in the next five years?" One of the things is, of course, uh, storytelling. Storytelling is not going to change at all. And the way companies or <clears throat> individuals are telling their, <clears throat> their own stories are something that people will engage with. If you are in also using uh, keywords for um, being visible online on search engines like uh, Google, uh, Yandex, whatever, you need to use them, but very properly. So it, this is like you are writing something and you need to have the check by the professional, by the SEO uh, to make it more understandable for people. Uh, well, not for people, for, for Google, because the copywriter already did the, the job. Uh, so the piece of content needs to be understandable for people and for Google. And for doing that, uh, so this year, this is the big thing. I believe you know you know about, about this as well. Everybody, the last year was talking about voice search. Everybody was talking about this is going to be the, the the future. So this is the kind of content that uh, people are uh, starting to um, to use or to starting to, con to consume. And when we are telling our stories, this is something that we need to include in uh, feature snippets uh, in. Um, in the in, in that piece of content that includes any kind of question. So if we're telling about, uh, I don't know, how uh, you start uh, a company, how you become an entrepreneur, how you can do SEO uh, with, with your with your blog, for, for example, you need to tell the story there and also include the, um, the right amount of, of words to have to earn that feature snippet, which is uh, 46 words. So after the question, you need to have that amount of words in order to beautifully receive uh, a feature snippet. And that is something that it will be appearing in a voice search result with Alexa, uh, sorry, with um, OK Google, with the Google Assistant. Mm -hmm. Cool. That makes sense. So with Google Assistant actually helping you the way it is, that'll actually come out more naturally. And that's something I always worried about was actually making sure they had the right amount of, uh, well, the SEO elements in there, because that's one thing I really love about SEM Rush, or at least I love about SEM Rush. I haven't used it for a while. And as we discussed, I'm actually going to start using it more in 2020. Um, there was a feature that you guys used to have where it basically gave you a list of exactly what your competitors' keywords were. So you can actually make sure that you, you could actually write better and have other on and off page factors that basically affected your SEO to make sure that, you know, it got higher rankings. And that was powerful. Now, my question really lies into another aspect of that, and that is more towards the idea of uh, GBM, which is the Google My Business, um, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, yeah. How how impactful is that as an actual uh, platform? Well, Google My Business gives uh, <clears throat> publishers and uh, all the people who wants to reach uh, the right, the perfect amount of audience 
who wants to create targets, uh, audiences to have uh, that more more clear? So you have Google My Business, you will have a lot of information about uh, where is your user located, where you want to be appearing. If you are a local business, of course, you can have uh, all those details, including your uh you can have all your details, including your telephone location, where is your office located, when you're, you're opening. But if you are reaching more audiences through Google, Google My, My Business, if you are doing uh, any kind of ads, for example, using your Google uh, Ads account, account, so you can have multiple, multiple uh, type of users. So the type of audience that you want to reach and where are they located, that's something that is really useful there. Okay. Could you explain a little bit more for me? Yeah, for example, you are selling, I don't know, um, suitcases, but you, you want to do it only in, I don't know, if you are in California, only in that state, only in California. But you want to reach people who are living, I don't know, in New York to the other side of the, of the country, and you need to specify while you're creating your, your, your ads where those people are located, where are their interests, and you create your targeted uh, audiences with, with, with that. So you can do all of that using your, your Google My Business uh, account. Okay, that, that's actually quite powerful because that's something I've never really looked at and it's something that one of my uh, one of the guys I work with that does a lot of SEO, he was actually, that was his question to you guys. So that's lovely and thank you for answering that. Now, one of the things I really want to ask you specifically, what has been one of the best case studies that's come out of SEM rush that you actually found um, that can help a lot of people because like let's be honest digital marketing has changed massively over the last 10 years we've gone from actually having guys like Frank and guys like uh, Jerry West and the guys from Stompanet like all those guys doing SEO at the time now go on to do other things and still keep their SEO uh, lineage and roots but that was what we were. We were a ragtag group of people. And now, as far as I'm aware, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you've yep. actually gone out and trained marketing teams for Expedia, T-Mobile, PrestaShop, and Bing. You've actually helped their marketing and helped their marketing departments understand SEO much deeper. Where do you see the next decade going in terms of training these companies? Because, you know... Uh, that's one thing. And the second thing, which is why I asked first, was what's the story of inspiration that you found from training these companies and what you see coming forward? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Our um, best success case, I, I will say, well, for, for me especially, because we have a lot of them, is uh, from our uh, lovely clients from, from Booking.com. Booking mm -hmm. They have thousands, they have millions, millions of, of pages internally they are producing a lot of content from uh, for their own, for, for their uh, affiliates, for their clients, <clears throat> and they have several problems with, uh, with with SEO. Well, they had a lot of problems with SEO uh, in terms of okay, we need to create more content, or we need to uh, repurpose the content that, that that we have, or we need to just crawl uh, the exact amount of pages in order to uh, be, be more visible for certain categories in certain countries. So they have, they are working with about 200 countries, 203 countries all over the world, and they have 70 million uh, search results. So the thing that uh, we did for them, or they did through us, because we are not doing any consultancy, we're just uh, the solutions provider, we are only the data provider. So. They, um, we have a tool that is called uh, Content Audit. Mm -hmm. So they can put all the content that they have and we will um, filter them by the amount of uh, backlinks, the amount of words, the amount of uh, uh, engagement that they have through social media, the amount of um, clicks that they have if they, uh, if they want to integrate with uh, Google Analytics and with the Search Console. So <clears throat> they can see every single page in one single platform. Um, and also we are um, showing them there uh, in a beautiful dashboard, uh, the amount of words in every single URL, uh, if they have the, the title, the H1, if they have already <clears throat> made some change in the past. So they can structure all the content that they have in one single pl platform. Uh, and that's not very difficult to do with the widgets that we created there. So they want to have 
all um, only the destinations for, let's say, I'm in Spain right now, all the hotels uh, for Spain in one single place and see what is the best content and, uh, and the content that is about to rank for the top three positions, they can see it there. And we're, we're going to suggest them to add some links from um, some uh, sources, some, uh, some domains. We're going to suggest there. Uh, this is all based on algorithms, right? So we're going to suggest uh, also the keywords that they need to add there uh, that they're missing in order to make them rank better. So this is uh, a real achievement for us to have a dashboard for content uh, analytics. Um, so you can have all your 70 million uh, pages there, and we're going to filter them. So if you have, a, of course, an, an SEO team as uh, booking.com they have, uh, they need to work with every single uh, country. Let's say as this this month we're going to work with Spain, next, next month we're going to work with UK, all the content that is about to rank. Right now, for those 17, 17 million um, results that they have, uh, most of, of them, I will say 35% of them, which is about <clears throat> 4 million, uh, they already have um, ranks for them in these 200 countries. So uh, the content that they already created in the past, they don't need to create more content. They just need to repurpose that content in order to make the um, make it make it more visible, more um, friendly to, to Google. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that we are providing for them. Okay, that makes complete sense. So moving forward, um, actually I wanted to ask, so moving forward with with the way that SEM Rush is actually operating, uh, what do you see as one of the biggest challenges that you guys have that you're facing? One of the biggest challenge, um, for example, we have a lot of a uh, lot of meetings with the with the team, uh, trying to understand what is the next big thing or how we can um, improve uh, certain tools. But the next big challenge, of course, is uh, I believe is, is artificial intelligence is the way that the algorithms through machine learning are understanding how people read, how people consume content, where exactly we need to publish uh, the where and when exactly we need to publish the content and how people are using that content. So that's something that we are trying to uh, to understand, we're, we're, we're learning fr from that. We have a tool that is called uh, SEO Writing Assistant that immediately tells you uh, the scoring about uh, how <clears throat> the piece of content that you are creating is friendly for uh, the search engines <clears throat> with, a, with a scoring from one to 10. And the other one that is telling how, uh, how good people will understand this through the uh, Flesh King Kite uh, algorithm that is telling you how easy friendly to read this, is the content. So these two algorithms are, are really good, but when <clears throat> you have uh, thousands and thousands, uh, dozens of thousands of people using this tool, you are learning a lot of, about how people are reading this, how people are writing this content, how Google is ranking this content. So the next big thing is to understand how to create this content automatically or how to understand the tone of voice per a specific uh, industry. Because you cannot uh, be very uh, casual on the science industry, in the medicine, in the health industry, or you cannot be very, <clears throat> very um, business level with a personal blog, for example. So we are trying to identify that certain point that when we can use artificial intelligence, uh, not only in English, but also with all the rest of the languages. So the biggest challenges first is to understand the implementations of artificial intelligence in the content creation part. And the second thing is how to uh, <coughs> reproduce that in other languages. Because English is the most common language, but if you go uh, with other languages, let's say, I don't know, Finnish, uh, Bulgarian, Slovenian, Spanish. Spanish, whatever it is, it gets more complicated. Yeah, no, I can imagine definitely with the way it works. I mean, you've already seen what Google Translate can sometimes mistranslate words entirely in a different language. Um, and I know yeah. you, you also speak multiple languages like I do. Um, yeah. 
And that is something that I've found that whenever I'm trying to translate something into another language, it, it sometimes gets messed up. Now, something you said that I really want to go back to is the tool that you guys have about writing assist. And I didn't actually know that you had that. Um, how did a, that come about and B, what are some of the benefits, um, of actually using that? Because again, I, I looked at the SEM price, uh, pricing and, uh, for SEM rush, looked at all the pricing and such. Is that included in any of the <coughs> packages? I've asked you like four well, questions. I apologize. <laughs> no, no problem at all. I'm going to click all the answer in, in one reply. So, um, yes, it's included in, in all the, in all the packages. Um, the, the SEO writing assistant is uh, inside of the, um, the of, the, of the, of the tool itself. And also it's a plugin for, uh, Google docs or a plugin, uh, for WordPress. So you can use it, uh, also externally. Uh, of course it's connected, it's integrated to, to SEM brush. So you can use it in Google docs, in WordPress and for example, you are writing something that you are really um, uh, that you want to publish in, in the future, and you just copy pasted that on your um, say or as your writing assistant on WordPress or, or on Google Doc, and this plugin is gonna immediately um, um, check all the text, all the words all the structure, even how many words are in one a single paragraph, paragraph uh, how many images do you have, how many uh, H1s, h 2 how many titles you have. So all of that is for um, the um, uh, scoring for how friendly this is for readers. So if you have just a wall of text, that's not very friendly for, for your source, your scoring is gonna be low. If, you, uh, if your text is very structured, it's very structured. You're gonna receive a higher higher score for the um, readness level. <clears throat> um, if you have links, if you have um, links inside of them, you're gonna receive uh, another type of, of a scoring. So we we, we have several uh, things here, uh, which are the SEO part. How good your text is in SEO, you receive the scoring. How good this is content for users, you receive another scoring. How many links you have or how many you, you need to include there. So the, we, we have so many things there that it makes the life of a writer, a copywriter more easier than we um, create also a content marketplace. So you cannot, uh, you, you can say, okay, I'm gonna write this till the end, maybe not, this is good. This is just gonna be um, the first part of my text, I want to, um, ask SEMrush or the people who are working in SEMrush uh, to create this, to finish this text for me or this title for me. And uh, you can also select uh, to order the rest of the text from our content uh, marketplace. So you can also order co content and the content that you will receive is gonna have, of course, the highest um, scoring for uh, the topic that you, do, do, that you want to publish. That's incredible. And that's really, really powerful. So with that being said, however, um, what have you actually found is one of the best, not even one of the best, but I'd say what, what's one of the funniest stories that you've actually had from a success story where they've gone like, okay, we did this, we had you guys work with us and now we've got this kind of result. What was one of those that really made you laugh? You mean with the tools that we are developing? No, I mean like with one of your clients, for instance. Well, I cannot say uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the name of the client because it's a big one. It's in it's in every single country. Uh, this is a, a story apart from apart of the uh, from the content tool, but um, there are so many users that are um, <clears throat> that are <clears throat> uh, utilizing Sembrush in different countries. Someday we receive a phone call from uh, a client, a major client from France, and they will asking us if we can, uh, get, we can give them the access from their account from the, from, from the US. So they were calling us, not to their central office in the US. So we say, okay, maybe you can call to your colleagues in your central office in the US, not to us. <clears throat> so, so, so many times there are so many silos in, in companies and the level of bureaucracy is, is so high that they prefer to avoid their own colleagues and to call us in, in, instead. Okay. 
That makes sense. Yeah, so you guys basically were the rescuers in that sense. Now, one of the aspects I really love asking on the show more than anything um, is really like strategies that people could actually implement right away. And one of the things, again, like I really want to go back to this idea of influencer marketing, specifically if you want to be an influencer, because there are many people who listen to my show that actually aren't yet influencers or they want to be. What are some of the, like, if there are five things that someone could do to really start increasing their online digital marketing presence and really start being seen as an influencer they are naturally, uh, they are, what five things could they do starting out today? First thing to, <clears throat> people need to do is to start thinking about their uh, personal branding. Working with their personal branding uh, is, is, the, is, is the main thing uh, for becoming an influencer. That is working with the social networks. Uh, so you want to be an influencer, you need to be on social networks. That, that's the first thing. Uh, <clears throat> the second thing is um, sharing the knowledge that you're receiving or sharing the things that you like most on social media. That's the second thing. If you're not sharing anything, you are not uh, producing nothing for, for, the <clears throat> for the community. Uh, so those both things are very simple to do. The third thing is the most difficult one. So the third thing is uh, <clears throat> starting discussions or um, following conversations. So that's the that's the thing that most of the influencers are, <clears throat> or the people who wants to become influencers that are, are not doing it. Uh, starting a conversations uh, conversations uh, in a blog or in a social media channel or in Quora or Reddit, uh, that's something that you need to do in order to uh, create that amount of uh, people following you to create that sense of community. That's something really, really great. So the fourth thing is already working on your personal personal brand more, personal brand more deeper. So that, that will be working with uh, images, working with uh, videos, working with... Uh, YouTube, for example, YouTube videos, uh, working with uh, all the all, all all type of uh, images that you can have, images and videos. And the five thing, of course, is uh, speaking, speaking publicly, speaking on uh, podcasts, on webinars, speaking in um, <clears throat> in expos. Uh, so when you are doing all of that, if you will include uh, <clears throat> inside of all all of that uh, writing. Oh, that will be fantastic if you can write. Oh, that's something that you're uh, you're really good at it. Uh, I, I think you're amazing writing things. How uh, how many pieces of content you're writing per 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 month? Oh, uh, for me? Yes, that's that's my question for for you. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so for me, I write. So for my blog, um, this is something I kind of put off because usually I only use my blog to actually host my podcast. Um, what we're now doing for 2020 onwards is I'm actually going to be blogging a, a big 3000 word article a week on there. And of course on Facebook, I write about three or four, art or three or four, um, posts a day and on LinkedIn every single day or I shoot videos. So like my content is starting to really come out on different social media platforms. Uh, yeah. something you said that I really want to like get clarity on is say, for instance, if you're, uh, how do you actually start getting invited to speak at events? And this is something I personally do get asked, and I don't really know the answer because I get invited by friends most of the time um, or clients. So, like, they see what I've done. They're like, we need to get you in front of our audience. But if you're someone that's great at what you do, you've had an amazing run, how do you get on on stages? Like, personally, I'm going to pitch this right now. When you guys do a seminar or workshop or training in London and you actually have open spots for speakers, can you please invite me because I would love to speak at an SEM rush? Uh, conference, um, or at least speak on the same circuit as you guys. Yeah. But if you're, but if you're someone that's uh, unable to, like, say for instance, you don't know the first steps, what would you suggest? Because for me, my first suggestion would be start a podcast, get people to listen in on who you are, start speaking at small events, like you know, host your own. But if what advice would you give? Well, how uh, <clears throat> how we receive invitations, how we started uh, pitching. Actually, when I started working with uh, SEM Rush about eight years ago, mm -hmm. uh, the second month I was working with 
um, with the team, I was invited. So Sembrage was invited to speak at a conference in, in, in Spain. Uh, so if you are working with a brand, that's more easier. So to get the second invitation is, is more dif difficult. So the first thing is to prepare a lot, how you speak, how people understand the message. So you need to have for, for us, for example, for the people from uh, Simraj, we have a training, a proper training on uh, public speaking that is two times per year. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't have any preparation at all, any um, any kind of uh, training. Uh, so the first time was difficult. So uh, it, it was not that good. It was really, really, really bad, actually. The second time when I have when I when I understood, okay, I really love to to speak publicly. I understand that I can do do it better. I receive uh, training. And I the this, the second time it was already um, better, not as good as it could be, but it was better. So the first thing I will say, you need to have training. You want to speak publicly. You want to see the position of your body. You want to uh, check the <clears throat> the tone of your voice, how people are in, engaged with the, the topic that you're talking about, how you need to prepare your slides in order to have the storytelling, the most emotional part at, at, at the beginning or at the end, how you can keep engaged people for 20 or 45 minutes. So all that part is part of, of, of the training. I will say if someone is doing that without any training, uh, just applauses for them because they, they are not, they're natural. But if you have the training, you will have, okay, I have, all my uh, speech very organized from the beginning, from the uh, part one, part two, part three, and those three parts are all, all my speech, and I will go for that. So that's something that is working really well for us. We just recorded it a um, couple of times. Uh, if you have a, a recording of your speech and you're good at it, you're very confident at it, so the recording needs to be good as well, not only with, with someone's phone, uh, you can... Uh, have that already as a, a pitching product so you can uh, um, sell yourself uh, you, you can pitch yourself with any other conferences so we have the videos of our speechings um, or all the speechings and we um, all, all the speaking sessions and we send that to pitch for for new conference so uh, that's the way we we did it just having the recordings, having the preparation, and going for uh, for any other conference. The thing with the brands uh, actually is that most of the um, most of these scenarios uh, that want to include us with them are are mostly paid. So they're they want uh, us to pay for for being there. Uh, that's something that we uh, are are not doing uh, because we believe that the material. The things, the data that we are gathering for for the conference are, are, are is really good. We have a team working with the decks that we are providing, so we have like ten or fifteen people work, working with the decks with the information. So that's uh, another kind of value that, that 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 we can add. So we're not paying for for speaking. We are doing about one hundred speaking sessions per year or even more, uh, and. That's the main thing. Having a recording, having the proof that the material that you are um, producing is is really high quality level. Yeah, it has to be, and uh, that's something I want to actually point out to people as well when they're listening in. Um, the quality of your audio is actually more powerful than anything else you can imagine. Your visual could be great, but if your audio is terrible, people are not going to listen to you. Oh yeah, that's true. The the, the tone of uh, the, the tone of voice, the audio, the quality of the microphone. If someone is hearing, for example, uh, a podcast, this podcast, and your microphone is not that good, I really love the tone of the voice that you're uh, that you're delivering because the microphone is really good. If your microphone is not that good, I will say, "Oh my God, I cannot hear this. I'm just gonna change that." The same thing happen is happening when you are uh, in a stage and your voice is really uh, slow or really low or really boring you need to have that passion in your voice that sensation that you want to make them understand your point and if the point is so complicated at, as seo it is so people are just gonna see okay backlinks links seo okay that's it and no there's more interesting story behind behind all of that. There's more interesting cases, and you need to be also very interesting for for the public that you are 
that you are delivering th that message. Very true. And thank you for the compliment. Um, that's actually something I've looked at. And just as an idea for everyone listening, if you're like, well, I don't have a really nice voice, no matter what, you know, microphone I use, my voice doesn't come out right. One of the best things I can tell you to do is uh, there's someone called Roger Love. Um, and there's also my friend Troy, who's absolutely brilliant from Charisma Matrix, uh, as well as Jeffy from a company called RSD. That one's more of a dating thing, but he has a program called Resonator. And the whole thing is uh, his Jeffy's entire angle is completely different. But um, Troy and Roger Love, they're vocal coaches, and they actually teach you how to speak eloquently and be able to be understood because your voice is one of the most powerful things known to man. If you don't use it correctly, it, it burns you up. So essentially, I would just say go listen to those guys because they're absolutely brilliant at what they do. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's brilliant. Actually, when I, when I was um, 10 years old or, or, or 11, I don't remember, I heard some guy entering a store when I was living in, in South America. And actually, at that time, I was living in, in Bolivia. Uh, so his his tone of voice was so impactful that all the people for, uh, around uh, that guy were just trying to see his face because of the voice. And he was a really small guy. He, he was not tall at all. He was really, really small, uh, 162 meters uh, or centimeters. Um, the tone of voice make, make him look like big, like bigger like more interesting. So you are more, more interesting because the tone of your voice. And that's something that is true, true. For salespeople, if you want to sell something and you're going to receive a phone call for something that is that that voice is not as good as you, as, as you want to, uh, you will not sell much, I will say. No, you really won't otherwise. Um, it's one of the things that I've found out from years of sales experience is people actually really want it. They, they do want to know your voice. They want to hear you. And if you have a powerful voice, it does change things massively. And it's uh, it's incredible, the difference. Because again, I, I've done sales in different senses. And to keep things entertaining, I would sometimes use different voices on the phone. Um, and it's just interesting to see exactly the response. And as you said, it's having a powerful voice sometimes overlooks your physical stature. So if, if someone looks at you and they think, okay, this person is quite reserved, they're quite shy, they're not going to be good at selling, and then they hear this powerful voice, it's a whole different change of uh, how they do things. Now, as we're heading to this section of, um, of my podcast, I do want to ask you one of my favorite questions really on the show is asking about books and movies. Uh, and one of my favorite things to ask you that I'm going to ask you right now is if you could name five books that are nonfiction that have helped you in your life and your business, what would they be? The second one is if you were to give three books that were fictional that helped you in your life and what would they be? And finally, what would be your top five movie recommendations for everyone listening? Oh, that that's a lot, but I believe I'm ready for that. The, the first um, five books were about the, my top five books that are helping me in work, right? Yes. Yes. So the, the number one uh, by far is uh, Getting Things Done uh, by David, uh, Allen. David Allen. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. For or organizing yourself, for uh, keeping all the, the things that you're doing done, that's simply perfect. So the second one, is um, Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm -hmm. So this is really great. I don't remember the author. Uh, no, I don't remember. But the title is like this, Blue Ocean Strategy, how many possibilities you have to do anything in this digital marketing env environment, working with SEO, content, content marketing, affiliate marketing, wherever you want is here. The possibilities are endless. So the next thing, uh, the, the third one, I will say this is an, an, an old one. Um, if I remember good, is the, the rules of marketing or, or, or the Bible of marketing. I was studying this, this book in an in, in university, and the author, of course, is, is Kotler. I don't remember his name, but he's, he's the father of marketing, David Kotler. Is it? Do you remember? Let me see. Uh, I think so. What's the title of the book again? 
the Bible of Marketing. Oh, Philip yeah. Kotler. Philip Kotler. Phil yes. Kotler. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know Philip who you mean. Kotler. Yeah. So it's not about digital marketing at all. It's about marketing, but it's kind of the same thing, only adding the, the word digital and the digital environment that, that we have. And the way that we are persuading people to do things like uh, clicking, like buying, like subscribing, are some things that uh, most of the people were doing the last uh, 200 years. So that's something that we, call, we can use as, as, a, as a touch base, of course. And the next thing, is, uh, the, the fourth one, is uh, the one that I really love to read most of the, uh, like three times already or four, I don't remember, is Contagious. So Contagious by uh, Jonah Berger. I really, really love this book. So uh, more ideas on how you can be more engaging, more ideas on how you can provide more um, information about the product service that you're providing in a very creative way. So Contagious by uh, Jonah Berger. And Excellent. I will, yeah. And the, the, the fifth one, actually this is one of my favorites as well, is um, Seth Godin, uh, Purple Cow. Brilliant. So how you can transform your business, how you can be more remarkable uh, doing uh, impressive things with uh, your mindset, with the tasks that you're uh, doing right now. So all these five books are really great for, uh, for job to have there in, in, your, in your personal library. I was actually going to say, going back to the Phil Kotler book, I think it's called Principles of Marketing, um, was the book that you might have been referencing. Principles, or, yeah, yeah, like the, the Bible but of marketing, I will say, yeah. I'd Principles say, to be fair, it, is, yeah. it, pro it probably is the Bible of Marketing, to be fair, but like, yeah, that's if anyone's looking, that is, uh, that is the title. But yeah, so what, was your, so what are your picks for the three fictional books that have impacted your life? Well, the, the first one is um, more, and an, they're all about, about movies. I, I really love films about movies. Ooh, uh, actually, let's let's do that then. What would be what would you say are the five movies then? Because like the three books, usually if they are being made into movies, we can just say that then. Yeah, it's not fictional. It's an historic one. The, the, the first one is uh, the Schindler's List. Great book, a great movie great book as well yeah the, the book was so fantastic so fantastic especially uh with some um with more details of course it's, it's a book um the, the second one is uh also an, an steven spielberg film i was every every, every all the time trying to find uh, steven spielberg um movies but in, in a book uh so the, the second one is the um the Miracle on the 8th Street. Yep. Miracle on the 8th, on 8th Street. Yeah. And the last one is uh, Catch Me if, if You Can. Oh, brilliant movie. Yeah, that's fantastic. The book is so amazing. So I, uh, I, I'm not a, a, a common reader for this kind of stuff, but when I really got impressed by the movie, I go and check for the book. So I'm doing it backwards. First I see the movie and then I go to the book to see more details about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what, one of the best movie recommendations I ever give to this show and I will give to you as well as watching is the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Limitless. Yeah, oh yes, that's fantastic with, with, with the pills, right? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's yeah, actually yeah. the thing, in my opinion, I have this very twisted thought that it was, um, goodness, what's it called? I have this very interesting and twisted thought that the Nootropics companies actually paid for that movie to be made because after that, Nootropics were everywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're like, right. Oh, my drugs, God, yes. Brain drugs were everywhere after that movie. I know because I developed my own. <laughs> okay, what's yeah. the name of that? Oh no, they were. It wasn't for a uh, commercial. It wasn't like something I developed to sell to other people. I actually developed them for my own use. Okay. So, yeah, it was crazy the amount of stuff. But like on it dot com, they uh, they sell quite a lot of them as well on there. There's a few good ones everywhere else. But I mean, that's still one of my favorite movies. Anytime I'm feeling sad, I watch that. The other one is Zoolander, which is a very Zoolander. such a dumb movie. Yeah. It's one of the dumbest it movies. Is. 
I've ever seen, but I love it. I can't help with how stupid it is and how it's just a social commentary <laughs> on, on the modeling industry. Um, and I love that entirely. Yeah. They have a second part, I believe. Yeah, I didn't like the second movie, so I didn't I didn't get around yeah, to it. I, yeah. I, it just it didn't have the same magic, and to be fair, it was too much time between the two. Um, and again, that's a lesson on timing. So if you're releasing something, make sure if you're going to release the second part, make sure people haven't forgotten about the first one. Otherwise, you're just going to get backlash. Now, one of my questions as we're leading into this is the idea, uh, one of my favorite questions is uh, asking when you actually had a moment in your life where things were going wrong, like, you know, things just were not going right. They weren't going to your way. Um, confidence was completely knocked out of you. Just everything was wrong. What did you do to personally pick yourself back up and actually keep going? Because while other entrepreneurs, while they work for themselves, they actually, you know, if they don't work, they don't make money. And that could be a fear. Whereas with someone like you, I believe you have a higher responsibility. Whereas if you don't feel like doing it and you don't show up, it's not just you that's affected. It's an entire department that's affected. So what do you yep. do when you have those days where you don't want to do anything, where you're feeling like, I don't want to, I can't, I'm feeling in a, like my confidence is not. How do you get yourself back up and how do you keep going? Well, I'm really uh, confident with the things that that we are doing as, as a company. That's that's why I'm working with Simbras the last uh, eight years. We face a lot of troubles. We face a lot of of different circumstances, like crisis as well. Uh, but all of them are really uh, doable. We we faced all of them as, as, as a team. Um, for, for for example, when we are facing uh, a crisis with between I don't know teammates between colleagues, um, <clears throat> you just need to have the right amount of patience to work with, uh, with, with the people that you have in your environment and to try to um, turn yourself into them to be more um, flexible with uh, different type of people. Because um, as I mentioned before, I was living in Latin America, then I was living in the UK, uh, then, oh, I didn't mention that I was living in the UK, but I hey, was living in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I was living in, in Russia. So I was living like for 18 years in Russia. Um, and then right now I moved to Prague. And the cultural differences be between all these countries are really big. And how people manage to work with each other. If you have a French guy, a, uh, um, an American guy, a Latin American guy, a Russian guy, a Chinese guy working in the same team, it's kind of difficult to work with their cultural difference. So the thing is, be more patient and try to engage with them at their own um, at their own uh, speed. If you you can understand what I'm, I'm saying, no, mm -hmm. no, no, nobody works at the at the same. Um, at the same rhythm, you need to go with uh, all of them at their own rhythm. So you need to trouble more. I, I will say, you you will you will be a, a better person if you trouble more, if you know more cultures, if you uh, you have that those standards in in your head that people from Russia are just drinking vodka, people from America are just dumb. Those that those things that are just like standards are not tr true at all because. Great professions for Russia, great professions for, for America, amazing professions for the, for the UK. So you need to have an open mind for, to work with all of them. So that's the way we're, we're facing uh, problems with, between uh, teammates because it's, it's, most of that part is just mentality. Uh, in my personal life, I have I had so many, so many, so many crises. The biggest one was uh, trying to identify where I want to be in the next 10 years when I was... Um, when I was a teenager, uh, I had I had the possibility to go and study uh, in uh, in Argentina or in the U.S. or in Russia. So I say, okay, I already speak Spanish. Argentina is not a thing. I already speak English. U.S. not my thing. I need to do something that is kind of difficult to do. So I I, I went to study in Russian. So that's why I speak Russian. I, I went to, to live there. So you need to challenge yourself. Some, sometimes you need to, to put you in um, the most difficult, uncomfortable position to be uh, better, to, to create the better, uh, a better person for, for yourself. Yeah, that does make sense. You want to basically branch out so you can actually live in different areas, see what goes on in the world. Yeah, that makes complete sense.
So just as we were wrapping up the show right now, is there any final tips, ideas, um, or even advice that you'd give to people listening in right now? Well, one of the advices I received um, that I want to share with, uh, with everybody is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of using new things, of doing new things, of learning new things. Um, one of the, um, if we check on, on Google, for example, what are the top three things that people are most scared of? Uh, the first thing is jump from a um, parachute, mm -hmm. jump from, from a plane. The second thing is uh, public speaking. And the third thing is um, swimming in a, in a, in a big ri uh, river. Uh, so the, the, the first thing, okay, you can do that. Maybe you, you want. The second thing, public speaking, that's something that people are really scared of. You need to try one of them at least once in your life. Why? Because most of the people are not trying this and they are really scared of. Oh, sorry, the third one is not uh, swimming on a river. I'm just checking. Is getting married. All right. So, yeah, so most of the people are, are, are really scared about, about, about marriage. So you need to try one of those things, one, one in your life. Try something that will challenge you and you'll become a better professional and a better person. That is awesome. I really appreciate that. Guys, go check out scmrush.com if you're even thinking remotely about doing SEO. And even if you're not, it's definitely worth the tool getting uh, just to help you grow your business, your traffic, and really understand what your competitors are doing. It's excellently priced, and it's one of the best investments you'll actually make in 2020 and beyond, especially with the year coming up as it is. And Fernando, thank you so much for taking the time today to do the show. I really appreciate you uh, coming in and sharing as much knowledge and information as you have. It's I've taken notes myself, so it's a lot to do. And as I said, uh, as you just said as well, go out there, live life, experience things. And, you know, now you've got things to write about as well in your life. Uh, any last moments, any last comments before we head off? No, thank you so much, Adil, for, for having me here. Have a lot of fun sharing and remembering all, all, all the stuff. And um, I will try to meet you next time I will be in the UK. You are there. I'm yeah. a couple of a couple of times per month there. So uh, yeah. let's meet in real, real life next time. Thank Definitely. you very much for having me here. Dude, I'd love that. And thank you for being here. Guys, I'll see you on next week's episode. Have an amazing weekend. By the way, as you've realized, there's about three, uh, three or four episodes uh, over this month. It's known as SEM Appreciation Month because I've got the four dudes from SEM, uh, SEM Rush on. So we just had Fernando. And I will see you guys next week. Have an amazing weekend. And as always, rate, subscribe, share, and live life to the fullest. Take care, guys. Bye.